0: I feel that the word loyalty has become this idea that if you do not do what I say and how I say it, you are not loyal. If you are not a ride or die, you are not loyal, right? If you do not continue being a part of this disruption, this chaos, this toxicity you are not loyal if you do not continue to agree with the issues I'm giving you if you do not agree with what I the the pain that I am causing you you are not loyal episode 14 of the coaching through podcast starts now welcome to the coaching through podcast where we covering people pleasers codependent, and lack of boundaries doers hang out be vulnerable and take healing by the hand and say let's go i am your host vernissa williams aka v msw therapist and exhortation coach and it is my honor to bring coaching through to the podcast realm to create a safe space to work through your healing by reclaiming your voice I am a single mom, grandmother, Christ-believer, divorcee, social worker, and plant mom. We will coast through the topics of people-pleasing, boundaries, being codependent, and much, much more. So, last week, we talked about people-pleasing. Week two of the short series, we are talking about codependency. While researching for this episode, my eyes were opened to learn that codependency was first identified within family relationships in addiction recovery. Recovering from codependency absolutely plays a huge part in recovery from addiction. And that disproves proves <laughs> that everything you learned from school is not enough. You have to keep growing in your knowledge. But anywho... Here is what I found from the National Mental Health Association. Codependency was originally identified 10 years ago while studying the relationships of families of alcoholics. The definition has expanded to encompass a dysfunctional way of living that can affect anyone. Codependency is an emotional and behavioral condition that can be passed down from one generation to the next. Also known as relationship addiction, codependent people develop relationships that are one-sided and emotionally damaging for both parties involved. Another definition I found was given by Sherry Gaba, LSW from the Wake Up Recovery Center. She says that codependents are willing to sacrifice their own emotional, mental, and physical well-being, even their safety, in order to sustain their relationships and take care of their partners and family members. In addition to both definitions, I just want to add that codependency also affects all relationships, including employment and academia and relationships you may have with your community. Now y'all know from the beginning, I have said and I will always say that we must become aware of our needs so our values and needs will work together to promote healing. Doing this work will take the focus off of other people's needs, emotions, and their actions, so we can begin to focus inward and stop focusing outward. We must stop sacrificing our needs and emotions for others so that our behaviors are balanced and healthy. You are not responsible for people's feelings, emotions, or their actions. It is not on you. It is not your responsibility. That person's success is not on you. Their struggles are not designed just for you to cure it and you cannot change people. You are not their savior. Allow them to choose autonomy and self-determination the same way you must choose it for yourself. It's a way for you to give them their power back so you can walk in yours. Last week, I told my social media peeps that I would be saying some unpopular things, but without vulnerability and accountability, we cannot heal. And I will always say that if we cannot be truthful and open and honest with ourselves, this is going to be a long road in our recovery. So here we are. But you got this. You got this. And for those of you who are recovering codependence, you know very well how codependency is a spiral into a suffocating pit. Codependency is rooted in avoidance. And to be more clear, avoidance of ourselves. If we think about why we are so hyper-focused on someone else's life, the mental spiral can look something like this. I don't see myself worthy of being cared for. Focusing on other people's stuff Makes me feel better about myself Until the consequences of the person Increases then I internalize it And now I feel worse about myself Because I can't do nothing right And now this person's life is jacked up Because of me Because of my frailty and my flaws and my issues So in order for this to be right So I'm not a failure I will stay in this relationship Until I can fix it no matter what And that's how the cycle continues In our mind It keeps going and going and going like a tape recorder. It's like the tape recorder that got stuck and it get wound up and get caught up in the wheels and you're trying to push eject and it won't come out. I know for me, when I'm in a place of rumination, that's what it feels like to me. It will refuse to let me go. It's the internal fight that believes that you cannot be yourself because you are not good enough. When I began my social worker profession, I was able to connect with my clients in addiction recovery because I had my own addiction behaviors via codependency. Being a recovering codependent was my superpower when I worked with the drug and alcohol abuse population because it was fueled with empathy. I was able to say, I get it because I lived it. I was never addicted to a substance, but I was addicted to being the fixer, the rescuer, the ride or die, and I obsessed over the behavior and choices of other people. This became the second issue in my life during my pre-adolescent years. In my role as a good girl, I had to take care of my mother, who had a diagnosis of schizophrenia, while being in love with a man that did not want an intimate relationship with her. I felt I had to accompany her on the trips to the store to buy him gifts or somehow she wanted to make herself more beautiful than she already was. But it was for him. Going with her allowed me to learn what was up with her but to also protect her in a way. As long as I was there, if something happens, I can do something. What that something was, I had no idea. This legit reminds me of the stories past clients would share with me about how they had to be with their significant other who was in active addiction to make sure something happens, they can protect them and or keep them alive. Codependency is something else. During my healing process, one of the hardest things I had to do was to stop ownership of what did not belong to me. I was an enabler. Being an enabler, in my mind, is one branch connected to the tree of people-pleasing codependency and having a lack of boundaries. The root is where many of us don't want to explore because it's dark, it's low, and unappealing. Out of sight, out of mind. The root is unseen and its power is underestimated but it will continue to get stronger and grow taller in our lives until we begin the process of uprooting. Okay, so let's keep going. I am going to assume that most of you are familiar with what codependency is because of all the info out there. So I won't bore you with a long list of the signs of codependency, but I will share more of the behaviors I acted out before I became a recovering codependent that I actually found on positivepsychology.com and maybe you can relate with me. I felt reluctant to do things I found important because it may cause an argument or disagreement. After being right after an argument, I felt the need to restate my point. Even though I was right, I did not feel like I deserve to be right. So I had to lighten the mental load I thought the person was experiencing. I felt I had to make the person feel better because they lost the argument. Here's another one. It was more important for me to be compliant or avoidant rather than to be authentic. I often sacrificed my well-being and my needs to care for an able-bodied loved one. It was difficult for me to create healthy boundaries, and I felt the need to control people. It was true for me because if I controlled the situation, I would know what was going on while not realizing it gave me a false sense of safety. I absolutely got that from my childhood. Now, let's talk about some practical practices you can do to get on and stay on the road to become a recovering codependent. One, so when we are exploring who we are, a fun way we can do it, is by finding a hobby or activity you can invest time in that will make you feel good and curious about yourself. Think of something from your childhood you enjoyed doing. Did you enjoy swimming, roller skating, or running track? What about working with your hands to nurture your creative side, like building furniture or nursing an indoor outdoor garden? Did you do art projects? Did you sew? Did you try knitting? Were you a part of a neighborhood club? And don't forget your spirituality. What routines or activities can you do to bring connection back with the creator? What did you let go of that satisfied that internal need? Speaking of needs, When you feel the urge to reach for something or someone, when fear of being alone or an insecurity begin to speak to your mind, begin to reflect on these tough questions. What do I need? What am I missing in this moment? Why am I not trusting myself? These questions will tell you the areas you need to work on and focus on. If you are ready to hear your truth, It will also show you the areas you are being codependent. Which values or core values are being prompted in this moment. Now when I said what am I missing in this moment? I want you to think about what are you lacking? What is causing you to reach for that thing or for that person? right? What are you experiencing in that moment? Is it loneliness? Is it just simple boredom? Because we're we're very quick. We're used to reaching for maladaptive behaviors because we're used to it and it's comfortable and we got something from it, whether good or bad. So taking that moment to focus on you without any movement, right? Without any physical movement. You have to get used to doing that. You have to get used to thinking for yourself in a moment, even if it's a moment of confusion or doubt. You have to come to a place where you are ready to face yourself in any given moment and that you trust yourself enough that you could do it alone. And I know that's hard. And I'm not saying that it's hard to give you a way of escape because it's hard so that you won't try. This is hard. This can be done. This can be done. And in case you forgot or did not know, I have created a PDF called the ABCs of Core Values to help you figure out and connect with your values. The link to the PDF is always in the show notes for you to use when you feel stuck. If you haven't already, I suggest you check it out. So anytime you feel like, okay, so what value am I struggling with? What value am I dishonoring? You can go down a list, see what resonates and ponder on it to see if that's the one you need to identify with, okay? Three, practice saying no to those who support you. Let your loved ones know about the work that you're doing. Be vulnerable. Ask for accountability. That can look like when your group of friends or partner asks you if you want to hang out and you really don't want to go. Have a cold word, a word that they can say to you, like something simple. Let's say they may say the word really? So that'll be a code that will prompt you to feel safe to say no. Give yourself permission to put you first. Four, self-care and soul care. When you feel the urge to become codependent and didn't give into it, take an emotional break. Be present in your feelings and emotions and get acquainted with the friction you are feeling in your body, right? The anxiety, the confusion, the pressure from people who are unaware of your choice to be free from codependency, to be free from comparing yourself to other people, to be free of being neglectful to yourself, to be free from giving other people your power to the extent that you have nothing left for yourself take the time to cry it out to scream it out or you could try one of my favorite things is to break dishes now the dishes that you break are not the ones you have in your cabinet. you could get it from the dollar store to use for this purpose you could do push-ups you can hit a punching bag you could hit pillows but you need to get the energy out of you that will cause you to change your mind back to unhealthy thinking and unhealthy behaviors. If you did give in to the urge, just journal what happened, give yourself grace, give yourself compassion, bring in your humanity, right? Give yourself compassion. Begin to process, what was I in need of that caused me to give in? Was I caught off guard? Sometimes we could be prepared all we try to be prepared, but we get cut off guard and that's okay. This is a learning opportunity. This is an opportunity for you to put this experience in your toolbox, right? This is an opportunity where you could ask yourself, how could I have handled that differently with no judgment? Be curious with yourself. Be nurturing with yourself. And just know, just because you are on the train and you missed your stop, you do not have to stay on until the end of the line. Get off the next stop, or if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, jump off that jawn, change direction, and go forward to your intended destination. I hope this episode was helpful to you, and I want to give you hope. There is a way out of codependent tendencies. You can come out of this. You can heal from this. You can move forward. You can begin a life that you can recognize yourself and consider yourself and look inward to yourself. Self-prioritizing. It is a necessity. It is a need that you have. And you can begin to communicate it. And you can begin to live that out in the world. So whether the onset began in your life from your childhood and the residue poured out due to a narcissistic relationship or someone brought it to your attention due to how you parent your children, again I say, you can't get past this. Do not suffer in silence. Seek out a therapist. Seek out someone that you trust. Seek out those support systems. If you are having trouble finding a therapeutic resource, you can contact me at r y v at gmail.com. That's vernissawilliams.ryv at gmail.com. Or if you want me to be your coach, you can also contact me. I offer coaching to men and women. I have a 12 week program and one on one coaching. The info for that is at Vernisa Williams R-Y-V.com. I am here to be a resource for you any way I can. Next week is the last episode for this series and we are coaching through boundaries. If you'd like to get to know me a little more, let's connect on Instagram at Coaching Through. The call to action is still a thing, so check it out in the show notes. And the links to the resources will be there also. So I hope all of you enjoy the upcoming week. Enjoy the moment that you are listening to this episode. Consider yourself. Take some breaths. Place your hand on your heart. Be present with yourself, okay? Always ask yourself, what do you need? Check in with yourself. And as always... Until next time and after, be well and peace out.